Mom to Mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. This week, we are celebrating motherhood with a very special Mother's Day episode and a guest we promise you will all be blessed by just as we are. But before we introduce our special guest for this episode, we would like to have you consider just two questions. The first is, what do you value the most? If you took an inventory of your life today and answered this question, what might your answer be? So think on that for just a moment. And second, What is your motivation to pursuing time with the Lord daily? We are spending our minutes together today to begin a conversation about family worship and the steps to beginning and pursuing Jesus for a lifetime. In today's culture, families struggle to find the time and the urgency to be in the word together. The questions we meet every day can be, how do we begin? What do we do? What if my spouse or my family do not understand? Maybe they won't want to join me all very realistic questions and thoughts. Kate, Jamie, and I are passionate about walking beside you in this journey. And so today we have a very special friend and guest with us to chat about family and worship, the two most valuable pursuits together. In Ruth Simon's upcoming book, Foundations, 12 Biblical Truths to Shape a Family, published by Harvest House Publishers, Ruth and her husband, Troy, invite readers into their personal journey of raising children to know and love God for the rest of their lives and demonstrate how to generate genuine longing and excitement for the reunion of heaven, the ultimate foundation of the Christian walk. We'd like to introduce you to our friend today, Ruth Simons, who's joining us for a very special Mother's Day episode. And we're going to have her share her new book, Foundations, with you. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So good to be here. Well, today, uh, Ruth, we have Kate with us and myself, and Jamie is going to join us again next week, but we wanted to um, just highlight your new book that you and Troy and your family wrote as a family. That's a good way to say it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And um, I just want to ask you, um, before we begin getting into the nitty gritty of um, the book itself, why did you decide to write this book? And maybe you could tell us a little bit about what it's about without delving into the tiny um, details in the chapters. Yeah. You know, I'm a mom of six boys. My oldest is turning 18 next week and my youngest is six. And so we are in the throes of parenting all stages and between those ages. And, you know, as every parent knows, you just want to shape the hearts of your kids. Um, We feel convicted that it's not just the job of the local church. We bring the local church to come alongside and partner with us, but we are the primary influences in our kids' lives. And, um, and so as we started tiptoeing into how to lead our families, we would just sit after dinner, talk about the word, share stories from our lives, bring the gospel in. And, and there were times um, in the last several years, I would just capture a little Instagram stories um, and post about it, not to show anyone and that that little moment in our family to say, look what we're doing, but to say, you know what, just start somewhere. It doesn't have to look perfect. 
your dishes can be stay on the table, just talk about the gospel. And so before long, we were getting so many direct messages and emails just asking for a resource that might um, make what we do at home a little more accessible for somebody else who doesn't know how to begin to just start where they are. And so um, I like to think that we kind of squeezed in this project. It wasn't actually necessarily supposed to be in my publishing schedule, but um, it was such a sweet um, passion project for my husband and I to do together. I love that. Um, it's always easier, not easier, but it's always the best work to write something that you're living, right? And it's an yes, overflow. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I love the most about this book is, you know, I've followed you and I know many of our listeners follow you. Um, but to really know you is to read this book and to see what it is that you've been living. But before we go any further, I would like to give our listeners, these moms um, that are listening, a little insight into what season of life you are in right now with your family. Um, you know, is it the busy season? Are you weary? Are you in the training stage? Are they growing? And just to give the moms listening an idea where you are and um, where you've come from, because we're all at a different place when we either begin um, family worship or investing in a very committed, um, diligent, consistent time in the word. And I think it's good for moms to hear where we are um, and where we've come from. And Absolutely. Because now the ministry and the work that I do is so public, uh, most people get to see a lot of wins and a lot of successes and a lot of exciting things that I get to do in this season of life, like painting and running a business and writing books and speaking, but it wasn't always this way. And I love to share that so that listeners who are just meeting me right now don't go, oh, wow, like she does everything. No, I don't do everything. And I haven't always done everything. And the public ministry side of it really has only been in the last several years. Um, prior to that, my husband was a full-time preaching pastor and a headmaster of a school that we founded. And and so um, I was living a lot of hidden years before that. There was no gracelace.com as a full-blown business. I was merely writing for many, many years, a whole decade, um, discovering how grace intersects my daily life in the throes of motherhood in a season when Instagram wasn't even around. There, were, there was no posting about all the the things that you were making for dinner and the places you went and how you're using your gifts. Um, that was a different season. But I will... I'll just share that, you know, currently I would say we're out of, we're out of the diaper stage. We're, we're at a time where nobody's keeping me up in the middle of the night because everybody's sleeping through the night. The problem's me. I'm in my mid forties and I get myself up in the middle of the night. I'm like <laughs> going to the restroom, worrying yeah. about things, talking to the Lord about how I should need to stop being stressed out. Those yeah. are the things that are keeping me up at night. Um, we're not in a stage where discipline is a constant thing. We're not in the, um, oh my goodness, breaking up fights all the time. We're in a stage where we're saying more consistency. Let's work on consistency. Let's work on building relationships between siblings. But I remember with such clarity what it was like when I was talking to toddlers all day long and I was barely getting time in with my Bible reading and really wondering, am I getting anything out of this at all? And how luxurious it must feel for somebody to sit at a coffee shop on a Saturday morning mm -hmm. and read their Bibles. And so I really do remember that stage as well. Um, but, you know, as I come to thinking about this stage in my life and why it's so important to disciple our families, I, I look at the fact that the grace of God makes it possible that 
at any stage of motherhood, we can share where we're at, and that's actually enough. That's enough to share how the gospel is impacting our lives right then and there. So in the season where I was barely getting in a good 15 minutes of even coherent thought in the word, sharing with my kids, guys, I'm so tired. Mama's going to go lay down for 10 minutes because I'm carrying a baby and I've got a baby. You know, those were the seasons where that was enough to share that. But this is a season now where my kids are a little older and they can sit around for about 30, 45 minutes after dinner um, is over and we can have a conversation. It's the time now where we can say, we're going to go on a road trip and we're going to talk about a topic for the next hour. And so there's a joy to that, but you don't get there all at once. You don't say, oh, someday. So moms to littles, I'm I'm speaking to you right now, Yes. but don't wait. Don't say, you know, well, on the other side of this, on the other side of diapers, on the other side of screaming tantrum children, that's when I'll get my act together and actually pour into my kids and disciple them. That's when I'll read my Bible because I'll have more time then. My encouragement to you is it's never going to look perfect. So cultivate it now. Doesn't mean you do it perfectly now. Doesn't mean you're going to have the perfect quiet time or that your kids are going to somehow just miraculously long for you to speak into their lives. No, just start little by little because one day at a time builds into a lifetime of really strong, strong routines, foundations, and patterns in your life. Right. Amen to all of that, right, Mm. girls? So good. So um, something I've been thinking about as we prepared for this special Mother's Day topic is um, the The title of your book, I think says so much. Um, I think it says a lot to the mom who is in maybe the teen years with her kids and um, is thinking, okay, I've done this. You know, I've given my kids a foundation. So when I'm not present with them all the time, or if I have to travel, or if I'm a working mom, or if I'm not with them at college, they have been given a foundation. And then for the younger moms with young children, this title foundations um, is a source of hope because everything will stand on that. And um, I was really, really happy that you titled your book foundations, not that it really matters what I think, but I just was thinking this says so much these um, 12 you've chosen 12. And I want to talk about that biblical truths for every family that can um, stand on. And it just makes me think in the season that you're in now, which is busy and, um, you know, you do have to travel and you're, and you're creating content, but you're also a mom. But in those moments as your oldest has gone off to school and um, maybe you can't be there all the time, like many working moms, they have been given this strong foundation and strong relationship and with the Lord and with the family. And I think that's so important for us to remember as our kids get older, that it's so easy to think that we are the ones that are going to be able to be there present with them all the time and fix things. But when we've given them a foundation in God's word, um, it will always stand true. Absolutely. And I think it even draws, first of all, it does matter that you love the title. I love that <laughs> September that it's, it's such encouragement to me as you ladies on this um, podcast are women that I admire and um, look up to as well. It means a lot to me to know that this is a resource and it's a book that you actually find valuable and treasure. Um, but I completely resonate and it makes me smile big to know that you get the heart of why it's called foundations. But I think the reminder here is also that sometimes as moms, we feel so much pressure that um, what we do will 
will once and for all determine how our kids turn out. We, right. we give ourselves so much control and power. We forget that God is the one who's sovereign. God is the one who transforms. God is the one who says that he will be faithful to complete the good work in us and in our children. And so when we lay that foundation, the, the firm foundation is actually the rock of Christ and right. he will not change. Yeah. Even if we go through seasons where we're struggling, maybe we're going through a season of some depression as moms, or we go through a major financial loss as a family. And we're, we go through a time of five years of knowing, not knowing where we're supposed to be or how we're supposed to go forward. Maybe we go through a major loss of a family member. Things happen in our lives that we will never foresee, but the foundation of God's word means that we can stand upon Christ and that will not shake and that will not change. And his, um, steady, steady promises are what we can build everything on. And so therefore I don't have to go into asking my kids to encourage one another and build each other up so that I, that's one of the foundations. I don't have to go there and hope for moralistic, well-behaving children. I can say, okay, it's the foundation of God's word that will do the work in your lives and know that this is the reason why we want to encourage one another. We know the need for hands-on learning and character tools that every family is looking for. The learning and love that grows from the heart of your home is foundational to the character and development of your children. September & Co. is a homegrown company and online vendor shop with resources for learning and encouragement for families. From character resources to educational hands-on tried and true tools, September & Co. has worked hard to create the very items the founder and owner, September McCarthy, has utilized in her homeschooling large family for over 25 years. The top seller, Character Matter Cards, are now available for little ones and range all the way to junior high. From skip counting flashcards, alphabet learning tools, and our new apparel line and wall prints, you will find the newest resources on the small shop market. September & Co. continues to supply families with the very best quality and colorful, engaging tools for parents to use for their children in any season. Check out September & Co. on Instagram and September & Co. shop on Etsy. Order today for free shipping on any item within the U.S. We create every item with you and your family in mind. Before we talk about the 12 truths that you included in your book, I, I do want to, before we go any further, just bring up something that I know just from personal experience in um, our podcast with Kate and Jamie and people, mamas we've talked to in, in our own personal areas. The question always comes up from other moms to us is, what do I do if my husband is not a spiritual leader? What do I do if my kids don't want to? follow my lead? What do I do when I get discouraged and I'm tired of being the one? So I feel like this is important before we go any further, because I want moms to hear, um, your husband is a strong spiritual leader, but I want to know what you might have to say, or you and Troy might have to say, and has Troy always been the strong spiritual leader? And how would you encourage mamas listening who may feel discouraged, or maybe they're even angry and bitter that, they are the leaders in their homes and devotions and worship, sure. maybe even church attendance and reaching the heart of their children with the gospel. Right. Well, first of all, Troy and I both grew up in homes where our parents um, did the best they knew how 
for being um, believers at that stage in life that they were. Um, and we're so grateful for them. But neither of our parents um, had the kind of spiritual leadership in the home quite the way that we wanted to model exactly. Our dads did not lead in our homes the way that maybe we would like to see in our own home. And so Troy did not come into our family having a very robust idea of exactly how to do that. It was a really big learning process for him. And I'll just say this for all the, the moms who are listening in. I don't care how great your spouse is at leading a Sunday school class or, or leading family worship. Wouldn't you all say amen to the fact that as women, we're always nitpicky about something. We're always yeah. going to have find something that we're like, well, yeah. I would do that differently. Yeah. So just to dispel any, you know, yeah. ideas here, ultimately, it doesn't matter what you think somebody else's husband does so well. Nobody does anything perfectly. And as wives, we're always battling that feeling of like, well, I'd do that better or, or I wouldn't do it that way. So just so you know, let's just be honest there. Um, we wrestle with things in our home as well. But I will say that I hear that question a lot too. And I, and my heart goes out to single mamas, to families where um, there are new believers or believers that have in a season of total doubt decided they're not going to lead their families. Um, my encouragement there would be that you never know what God, God won't waste any season and God won't waste any circumstance. And so don't waste the season you're in. You have been given everything you need for life right. and godliness. So you, as a child of God, as a Christ follower, you have everything you need to speak the gospel, live out the gospel and make the gospel as vibrant and as beautiful and as delicious and tasty as it is to your children without needing somebody else to come alongside and lead the way in some perfect way, because nobody will ever be perfect. If, even if you have a husband who's gone to seminary and is a pastor of a church, he will struggle to lead your family in a way that is ideal. And so ultimately we all um, have a role in doing that. And even if you are a single mama, as a new believer, maybe you've, you've been a Christian for three weeks and you're like, I want to, I want to start influencing my family. Well, guess what? You can start influencing your family with your three week understanding yes. of why Jesus is your all right now and yeah. why you want to know him more. You can start right there. Yeah. Good. I love that Ruth. And I, you know, we didn't come to the Lord till we were quite a bit older. My husband was 32. I was 29 and we didn't have our daughter for about a year later, but we were new Christians, you know, raising up a child. We didn't know what we were doing. I mean, we, we had good good training, good teaching. But in the early stages, when she was young, we, we had to have good people around us to help train us and teach us and model good parenting. And thank God we did have that. But one thing that I've always, uh, that I've written about and talked about is that what you model as parents, your children will follow. And that's what I love about your book, that you are modeling those great foundational truths. You're, you're, you're just putting it right out there that, that these are the things that, that your children need to know to really have, have that solid foundation when they go off to college, when you don't have them every minute of the day right in front of you where you can be pouring into them. There's going to come that time for all of us when our kids are gone, you know, and they've either caught it or they haven't. And it's, it's a shame to me. And it's scary to me that so many kids are leaving the church. They're walking away. They, 
turn 18 or they turn 21 and they're gone. And I hate to see that. And I think your book is such a great resource for parents to, to you know, just to have something that we can really use to train our children to understand the great biblical concepts that these kids are going to need. So just in light of that, what's the first step in training children to know and love God for a lifetime? Well, I think you touched on it, Kate, just that the very first step is that we actually have to live out the gospel before we ever even open our mouths. We have to live out the gospel. Mm -hmm. The reason, and you know, I'm no statistician or I don't, I don't research the church, but I know that um, one reason why I think so many youth are leaving the church is that we have in generations past maybe put too much emphasis on taking our kids to programs at the local church as the primary means for them to be discipled so that when they come home, there's a total separation. Parents are focused on, did you get straight A's? Did you do your chores? But we'll let the professionals at church do the discipleship. And mm -hmm. so the disconnect there means that in the place where they, they were loved first are hurt the most sometimes are getting into fights going through. I mean, think about it. Your family is your very first community group before you ever sign up for a small group at church, before you ever go to a youth group, before you ever go to Sunday school, your family unit is the very first time you've ever tasted what it is to be in a community group. And if in that environment, there is not a genuine living out of all the good, bad, and ugly of understanding how the gospel applies in our everyday lives. How will our kids ever understand and know that it's real, mm -hmm. that it's true, and that it's not a program that you go to? And so the number one thing I would say is that it has to start with action and conversation and time that you can't have a conversation when everybody has headphones on and they're all doing their own things. But you have to have a conversation and that we don't need to protect our kids from seeing us as parents walk through trials and walk through difficulty, walk through loss, maybe even walk through a terrible day when we lost our temper and we blew something out of proportion because I, that happens about once a week for me, right? Where I make a mountain out of a molehill and have to go back to my kids and go, okay, what I did there today, this is not simple. It's not simple enough for me to just say, hey, I'm sorry. I kind of lost my mind for a second. No, it's a good moment to say, hey guys, what happened there earlier today is that I made an idol out of that thing I wanted. I wanted to worship that comfort, that thing I wanted so much that I made a big deal out of not getting it. And I just want you to know that we were made to worship only one God and God will satisfy our hearts in ways that you can't even imagine. But even mama forgets sometimes and wants to worship the things that I can control. So let's pray about this, you know? And so the things that you see in this book, they're literal illustrations that come out of the talks that we have at home. And we just put them together in a book so that other people can speak those illustrations to their families as well. Mm, so good. Speaking of illustrations, Ruth, um, my daughter, um, she's 13 and we were preparing for this interview and I had your book sitting on my desk yesterday and she came in to talk about some schoolwork and ballet and um, she picked it right up and she said, oh, look at this book. And I said, well, you can look at it for a little bit if you want. And she sat down right on the floor and opened it up and um, looked at your paintings. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful book. And um, it caught the eye of my teen daughter. And so she opened it up and she's like, this is amazing. Mom, are we going to use this? And um, I just was blessed that, you know, a teenager who 
we're already doing our own devotional books and who has artistic ability and loves the word of God was drawn to your book and she picked it up and she came in last night before bed. It, um, it was about 8.30 and she laid out a pile of papers with watercolors that she had started. Oh, and wow. she said, this is what I'm going to start my portfolio. And I've already written a 52 devotions. So I'm going to start weeding through those so I can make a book like Ruth Simon's. And I oh, thought, amazing. Look at this. Look what God does, you know? So it was really neat. And I think, I think, um, it's not only inspiring, um, for us as, you know, podcast, um, hosts, but for every mom out there to show our daughters and our kids, um, what it looks like when fruit grows out of being invested into God's word, you know, and being used by God. So, um, that was neat little, I love that. Thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah, It was a neat little moment for us last night. Um, but you were speaking of time and I was on page 13. I just want to quote a little part of your book. Um, you said, if I want real conversation with my kids, I have to make time. If I want my husband to know my heart, I must prioritize time to make it accessible. If I want to know my savior more deeply, I must sow seeds of time in his word. And then this part, the only time I have to spend is the time that is still to come. I can't reassign past moments or reprioritize yesterday's minutes, but I can choose what I will value today and how I spend my time before time slips away, before it's diced and spliced and found insufficient and this goes back to how we began our interview and what we prioritize, what is valuable, how we spend our time. And I think that's really what it comes down to um, for anyone to pick up this book or the word of God and to spend it with their family. Um, I would like to know what your advice to people who feel that they're not able to lead their families by the truths found in your book. What, what might you tell them? Hmm. Um, you know, maybe they feel like they're not, knowledgeable or they feel like they don't have the time how can we notch this out or i'm not living this truth or i don't understand it like yeah your book is full of a lot of biblical truth so so i think that we are in a time in evangelicalism in the church in this just our culture right now where we have to get down to the actual basics the real truth of what we believe we see memes and graphics go by all day long we jump on bandwagons we reshare things and say i affirm that position whatever i mean it's a it's an election year so we see tons of that going on but we're so good about we're so quick to say yep i i i align with that but so many of us are completely confused about what we actually truly believe, what we can stand firm upon. And so when we picked these 12 truths and when we wrote this book, one of the biggest goals that Troy and I had was that we would not talk down to children and we wouldn't um, make things too complicated, um, that we would take the deepest truths and make them most accessible to anyone. Mm -hmm. And so what you won't find are silly stories or not that there's not a place for silly and fun stories, but what we wanted was for this to genuinely be a resource where a new believer could open it up and say, okay, I just want to understand who Jesus is. How does God's love affect me? And how is the love of God, the very bottom line foundation that everything else is built on? And, and I actually think it could be a discipling tool for a new believer but for a child um, to listen to it and to have it simplified in a way where your attention span isn't needed for more than six minutes, but 
to give words to an adult to be able to say, hey, let's look at this. And this is a simple way to say this. There's a to dwell on sentence. There's a section in everyday devotional that you can just use that one simplified sentence to help consolidate the idea for the day. And I, and I answer your question ultimately, September, by saying, you don't need a seminary degree. You don't need all your Hebrew and Greek out. You don't need lexicons. You don't need all the Bible study tools, even though those are really great things. And I would highly encourage every mama out there to be a everyday domestic theologian, whatever you're doing with your day, know that theology matters. It matters what you believe about God's word and who he is and who you are and how he saved you. It matters. So yes, in a different season of life, pull out all the commentaries, but you don't need all of that today to simply say, let's learn together. It's okay to say, let's learn together. You are not the expert. You are a child of God, just like your child is potentially a child of God too. As he, he or she comes into faith, he or she is learning as well. So you say, let's learn together. I don't know the answer to your question. Let's look at God's word. Let's go talk to our pastor together. Let's look at this next chapter and dig into the scripture that's given to us. Mm, yeah. Good. Mm, good. You know, Ruth, in 2020, the the family, the traditional family, what we as Christians consider the traditional family has just been turned on its head. It's it's upside down. Things are changing so quickly in society. What we would consider family just is having all kinds of different definitions. So what's your encouragement to the reader who doesn't necessarily have what we'd call a traditional family? How do you recommend that they go about following the teachings and the truths found in your new book, Foundations? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think we all, you know, we're facing the issues in this day and age of a challenge to even what marriage is, what family is. But aside from even just biblical definition of family, many of us come from broken families. Many of us um, suffer the consequence of pain and loss and abuse and, um, and separation from people who should be speaking into our lives, who are now silent in our lives. And so when we talk about not having wholeness in family, or when we don't feel like our family looks the looks like the family that it needs to be, sometimes what we realize is we're coming from a family where our marriage is potentially falling apart, or we're de dealing with an unfaithful spouse. There are listeners currently listening to this podcast right now who maybe has not even shared with anyone in their local church or in their community about how dysfunctional their family currently is. And so I would just speak to that woman who's listening right now, who is harboring some deep pain, some unspoken trauma, or maybe even looking at her own family, whether the family she's come from or the family she's building right now and going, how could God ever, ever make anything beautiful out of this mess that's going on right here. My first encouragement is God didn't call himself our father for no reason. He did not tell us to cry out to him as Abba father arbitrarily. He specifically set that up so that he would make it very obvious that whatever background you're coming from, however lonely you feel today, whatever island you feel like you're sitting on by yourself because you've been abandoned or you're hurt or you don't know how to do what you're currently doing in the family that God's placed you in, that you have a heavenly father that is nearer and closer than you could possibly imagine. And so we start there realizing that 
God is our father. We are his children. We are not alone. We have the family of God that also comes alongside us. We are not to live our Christian faith totally separate. We are we're called to live in community because the family of God is a family. But then on top of that, I say all the time, the gospel really does transform. The gospel really does change everything. And so all that to say, he's not through with you yet. Whatever your family looks like right now, however broken, whatever situation it seems that, you know, your, your aging parent will never come around. You may, what if, what if you never see reconciliation, the heartaches that we feel building up about family? Um, I actually addressed that in one of the chapters in my last book, Beholding and Becoming, The Art of Everyday Worship, talking about family because it's really real. It's something that's weighing on our minds every day. But the reminder to all of us is that God is still at work, even if you can't see the fruit of it right this minute. So Ruth, tell us a little bit about your family. Tell, tell our listeners, just so they know when they hear your calm voice and you talk about having family worship time, tell us, tell us, tell the mamas listening um, about your family a little bit and what that looks like for you. And maybe that you're not a morning person. And so family <laughs> worship time, you know, maybe not that perfect idealistic thing that they yeah. may have in their mind. So just right. give us a little glimpse of that. Yep. You know, my husband loves morning. He is a natural, you know, he loves hiking. He loves camping. He loves getting up before the sun comes up because he's that kind of nature guy, you know, nature man wants to sit outside and welcome the sun. I'm not. I mean, now I've turned into that person who wants to see the sunrise because we live in Colorado and my heart needs it. But honestly, I just want to stay in bed for a really long time. And, and I'm also um, closely connected to my job that operates on the internet. It operates on social media. There are specific times of day that I have to really be active on social media. And I just say that just to be totally transparent. Yeah. Sometimes I am not hitting my time with the Lord first before I have to go mm -hmm. deal with an issue with my employees who work on the East Coast. We have a remote team. So I have a graphic designer who lives in Charleston. She is mm -hmm. two hours ahead of me. Sometimes I have to reply to a social media situation. And at seven o'clock in the morning, my time where I'd love to be drinking a cup of coffee and reading God's word. But honestly, I started my day off on social media. Yeah. I say that to say, even with the different parameters that your life in your current season has you in, you can still make boundaries around that. So all that to say, I don't have to be sucked into social media, but my day doesn't always start beautifully and calmly. And so for our family, um, because we're homeschoolers and our um, days sometimes trickle in with some time around the breakfast table, but most of the time that time around the breakfast table is really one quick word of encouragement, maybe one proverb being read out loud and a don't forget, you got to get to get all these, these things done today. This is what today's yeah. schedule looks like. The time around the dinner table is usually what works mm -hmm. for our family. We yeah. sit around and we've got boys who like to eat. We mm -hmm. have six boys, um, <laughs> the oldest, all the way down to the youngest. If you have something at the table, they'll stay there. So yeah. if I'm serving up ice cream, if we've got some kind of chips and dip and it takes them a while to kind of pick at it, they'll stay at the table a little longer. So, I mean... Yeah. Do I bribe them with food? I think I do. You know, do we, do we keep some, <laughs> do, dessert? Do. do we do, do we get some dessert going? Does Troy eat a little bit faster so that he pulls out the word of God before they're even done eating? Yeah. So right. we make sure that we use that kind of time where we got a captive audience because they actually want to eat. It's yeah. food, you know? Yeah. And so that's what works for our family. If your family's on the go and you're like, 
go on a soccer practice, maybe you just use that time. Don't try to multitask and answer phone calls during that time. Use that time on your drive to the soccer practice. Mm-hmm. But I, but I want to say that um, we have kids who interrupt in our house. We yeah. have kids who end up elbowing each other because during family worship time, somebody poked somebody else and they shouldn't have. And now it's turned into something else. And then regularly there's a comment like, as I was saying, (laughs) so it's not that it's this beautiful, perfect environment. And quite frankly, it it wasn't until about a year or two ago that my older's started feeling like they had buy-in and they wanted to answer. So when Troy or I asked the question, what does it really show us about God's character in this? It used to be like crickets. Nobody said anything and we would give it some time, awkward pauses, Mm -hmm. and then asking more questions. It wasn't always this robust conversation. Now, Mr. 17 year old does weigh in and he says, well, I think it's like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And so now the eight-year-old feels more compelled to say a few things because he's hearing older brother do it. So it takes time. It takes cultivation. And even then, sometimes a chair gets broken, Mm -hmm. a a napkin gets thrown across the room. And sometimes a kid sits on our laps and we go, oh, you know what? You're too hot. Get off my lap. So there's plenty (laughs) of all that going on too. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I love that you shared all of that because, um, because one, in the beginning of your book, you talk about how this is about relationships mm-hmm. and, um, you know, being in the word together is about a relationship with the Lord and a relationship with one another and our family. And the second reason I'm really glad that you shared that is because I think I read in the, in your book that, um, most often, even in the middle of a very organized time and you think they're listening, something happens yes. and you end up taking the conversation in the direction of maybe a sin issue or something yes. that's going on in your life. And this happens in my home. We'll be going yes. along and all of a sudden I'm thinking, we are just so selfish this week. We're going to talk about selfishness. Yes. Um, and so you just make it applicable and very real to what's going on in your family um, as well. The problem is most of us get hung up on idealism and expectations. We get so caught up on the thought that it has to look this way. It has to go this way. We're going to light this candle every time. We're going to drink this tea. It's going to be beautiful. And we're going to sing hymns out of our hymnals. And it's not going to look like that, friends. You know, at the end of the day, if you put your hope in God transforming us through his word, then you hold it open-handedly and not even using foundations book becomes the metric of whether you did it right or not. You just simply say it's successful if we simply got together and lifted the name of Jesus a little higher in our home and we turned to him a little bit more and we kept our eyes on him and not all the frustrations we have in this day. We've succeeded if we've done that. And if Foundations Book comes in and helps you do that, great. If it doesn't, the word is fully sufficient on its own. Amen. I think that's a great a great way to kind of close our conversation today, not completely because I want you to, if you will share and um, tell our listeners, the moms where they can connect with you online, where they can pick up a copy of foundations and maybe just a little word of encouragement to them um, before you um, leave us today. We're so thankful that you joined us, but can you want to share where they can 
For sure. I would love to connect with your listeners um, on Instagram at Ruth Jo Simons. That's R-U-T-H-C-H-O-U-S-I-M-O-N-S. And on Facebook uh, as Grace Laced. And gracelaced.com is where all my artwork and where my work through word and brush show up. So you can enjoy um, the things that I'm working through artistically at gracelaced.com. You can find out where I'll be speaking at Ruth joesimons.com and foundations book is now available everywhere books are sold online and in in bookstores and if you would like to catch um, the podcast that troy and i have walking through each of these foundations um, you can learn more at ruthandtroy.com nice well i want to close with a quote from you ruth if you're okay with that And, and this quote is this our earthly lives are preparing us for what we will do for all eternity if heaven will be unending fellowship with the Lord, why would we ignore him in our daily lives now? If heaven is filled with forever praise and adoration of God, why would we not worship him now? If heaven will replace our temporary pain with lasting joy, why would we try to find earthly substitutes now? We at the mom to mom podcast are passionate about investing and pursuing Jesus here. And we are honored to have you join us, Ruth. And we are excited to share your new book, Foundations and Family Worship, for ideas for time and pursuit for your family. If this is an area you are just beginning or are weary and could use a good dose of encouragement, we know you will find Foundations to be an amazing book for your family. Thank you for listening in today. And we want to again thank Ruth for joining us here at the Mom to Mom podcast. Thank you, Ruth. Such a joy to be here. Thank you, guys.